The Selfish Path to Romance. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com. William, you're coping with some panic and, att- and anxiety? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, tell me what's going on. I've been going through them about a month and a half now. Uh, just, I don't feel myself. I'm always, you know, scared of social events. Um, for a primary example, I went to my mom's birthday party in, um, in November. Yeah. And I started feeling real irrational, real scared, unsafe. Um, just scared of dying, feeling my heart was racing, sweating, um, tingling in my uh, upper and lower extremities. Okay. And I just seem not to, you know, get that feeling out of my mind. And I just, you know, thought I would call you and, and if you would have some type of coaching um, tips that, you know, would make me relax during my day and go with my day. I have uh, I technically lost my job. Okay. And um, I just, it, it's, I'm always scared. I can't, I don't I never want to be alone at home. Um I always had to be around somebody. What, what do you like think will happen? With me. What do you think? Yeah, go ahead. What do, when you say you um, need to have someone around, what are you fearful will happen? I'm going to die. And you're going to die of what? Just, um, uh, just wake up one morning and not be here. It's just the feeling, I don't know, die of what, just the fear of dying. Okay, so notice there's some vagueness there, William that you don't know what you're going to die of. It's not like you're telling yourself, oh my gosh, I know, like for me, I know I have high cholesterol, and if I worried about dying of a heart attack or something, you know, there's a little basis to it. I have pretty high cholesterol, but I don't spend my life worrying about it. I do want to tell you that. Um, But I do eat better. So if, if things are very vague, if they're floating, you need to nail down your fear. And I'm hearing two separate fears that you have, two different categories of fear, and you can tell me if, if these are, are close to it. The first fear is fear of social events. Yeah. And, and what happened at mom's birthday party that made you anxious? Just, you know, it was real crowded. I'm sorry, I'm getting upset just going through what I go through. Yeah. Um, what thoughts went through your mind? Just a lot of things like uh, just people and generosity being around them, not knowing who they are. and and. Are you worried that they'll make negative judgments of you? Or No, just it's, it's kind of hard to explain. I, like I said, I was feeling fine during that day and then the minute I sit down and get seated with my family and it just hit me. Like a ton of bricks. And okay. I never understood why. Okay, there's where you want to start. I love the detective work of psychology. You can figure out why. When you said the word ton of bricks, if that ton of bricks could talk, what would it say? Heal me. I mean, it you know, s- um, it would say I'm what? Just, I'm not like social with my family, or I'm not like, I'm just not myself, doctor. and Okay. And I've always been a humorous, just outgoing, very successful person. And, you know. Okay. Did it, this happen it after. Me inside. Did it happen after you lost your job, William? No, ma'am. It happened during when I had my job. It, okay. So you want to figure out when the transition was from being an outgoing, happy go lucky person, comfortable with your family, something changed. And that's the detective work. The question to ask yourself privately, you don't have to do it now, is what changed 
that made me go from feeling confident and at ease with people to feeling insecure. Did someone make fun of me or did I feel inadequate or did I say something wrong or is there pressure on me? You know, family events bring up a lot of a lot of history. Um, you know, I recently went to my mom's birthday party, and guess what I felt? Um, anxious. Yeah, with all the skills that I have, I felt anxious, but I knew why I was anxious. And that's that's the gift you want to give yourself. That's called introspective work, asking yourself a series of questions, um, it, lovingly asking yourself. You're not grilling yourself. It's just saying, you know, I wonder what changed. When did I feel comfortable? When did that seem to change? Who do I feel most comfortable around in my family? Who do I feel least comfortable around? What right. was, yeah, did that did that trigger something when I said that? Um, you know, I'm just I love my family dearly. I, I love my fiance dearly, but it's just uh, you know, I've never experienced this so it scares me in the way I feel when I get it and I don't know how to Okay. Control myself and, and cope with you it. You do need to figure out what the thought was that triggered it. Then, let me tell you the second part. Remember I said I'm hearing two separate things? The first yeah. one is fearful of social events, your mother's birthday party being around people. It's good news that it's relatively new to you because that means you already know how to be comfortable around people. You need to get yourself back. The second is your... Hey, I got to interrupt this because we've got to pay some bills. 30 seconds? That's it. A very quick ad, and then Alan will be back. Romance. I wish I knew more about what girls want from a relationship. Boy, I wish I knew more about what I want. Where's that ad I saw? Here it is. The Selfish Path to Romance, a serious romance guidebook. Download Chapter 1 for free at SelfishRomance.com and buy it at Amazon.com. Huh. The Selfish Path to Romance. That is interesting. The second is your fear of the anxiety itself and you're figuring out that you're thinking that you're going to die because you had a panic attack. You had tingling. Let me tell you what a panic attack is. A panic attack sounds so scary, but if you don't know what it is, it's just your own body. Um, if I, if someone came up to me, William, and said, boo, it would trigger my anxiety. It would trigger me to feel maybe tingling in my fingers and maybe rapid breathing. I would be scared for a minute. Right. That's what panic attack is. But you're scaring yourself with a thought, oh, my God, maybe I'm dying. Oh, my God. Pe- people have getting another one. I right. always fear right. people, getting another one. I know we're winding down with time. People have four separate ideas. I mean, four different, really critical ideas that are way off base when they're having a panic attack. Assuming they have a good bill of, a clean bill of health. They fear they're dying. They feel they're, fear they're going crazy. They fear they're having a heart attack or they fear they're going to embarrass themselves in public. And, of course, they fear having another panic attack. Right. And it revs, it makes them continually anxious. Um, you, What I'm going to recommend to you, you're not going to die with a panic attack. Once you realize that, you can learn relaxation techniques. You can get the book, When Panic Attacks. And if you hold on, I'll talk with you during the break. And here's a little more from Dr. Kenner. I came here to say that I do not recognize anyone's right to one minute of my life, nor to any part of my energy, nor to any achievement of mine. No matter who makes the claim. 
And that is from The Fountainhead by Ayn Rand, and that's oh, the movie. And when I first heard that quote, I thought, he's got to be kidding. I owe my life to everyone, my parents, my friends, my... And then I had to start thinking about that. Do my parents really own me? I do whatever they want. And do my friends own me? I do whatever their desires are. I eat where they want to eat. I I go to I dress the way they want me to dress. Or am I my own person with wonderful friendships and good family relationships but having my own mind? And it took me a while to think about that and untangle it and realize that this is genuinely my life. And I have wonderful friends that I reach out to. I have family members whom I adore to pieces. And yet it is my life and they own their lives. I don't have any right to guilt them into anything. You should be doing this for me. I'm your mother. Why don't you call me more often? My kids' lives are their own. My life is my own. Is your life your own or do you feel you are in hock? to everyone around you, and you can never please everyone. You can't. So what emotion do you usually feel? Doubt? Guilt? You don't know if you've pleased them enough? Nothing's ever good enough? If you're in that trap, think again. For more Dr. Kenner podcast, go to drkenner.com and please listen to this ad. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner and co-author Dr. Edwin Locke, who's world famous for his theories in goal setting. Surprises do not have to involve white lies. For example, you can invite your best friends to meet you for dinner on a special occasion without telling your partner. Or you can surprise your partner with a small, thoughtful gift. Or you can have a hot bath ready when your partner comes home from a hard day. But here's a critical caveat. Be sure you know your partner's attitude towards surprises before you consider one, and more specifically, what kinds of surprises your partner likes and does not like. A surprise dinner with friends might not be appreciated, whereas a surprise gift might delight your partner. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com, and you can buy The Selfish Path to Romance at amazon.com.